Hello? Hola. And we back, and we back. Welcome back, Dog Nation. This is Cheeto Chibuye, everybody's favorite Zambian. And joining me is my friend, Flash co-host, Keegan Chanel. And this is Dog but anyways yes welcome back keegan welcome back dog nation we are back at it so week two we had a victory over vanderbilt week one and we got a lot to talk about mr keegan Absolutely, man. Football is in full swing. I liked what I saw mostly. I had a few things I think we should work on, but overall, it feels good. We're 1-0. 0 in the SEC East. A lot to be positive about here. That's yeah, good. definitely. And before before we hop into the Georgia stuff, I wanted to obviously mention that the NFL is coming back as well. We That's had a right. sick Thursday night game, and I wanted to give a quick shout-out to some good damn dogs. Roquan and Leonard Floyd absolutely killed it early last night. But obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers got the best of them. But, you know, it's always good to see some dogs in the league, and especially when they're doing their thing like Roquan's going to do this year. So just a you know, quick shout-out. Absolutely, man. What a standout player for the dogs when he was here. Probably one of the most elite linebackers we've seen. And, you know, I think he's going to have a huge career, and he already has, like, really started to blur, uh, <laughs> flourish in the NFL. So. This week we have a little matchup, um, Murray State. We'll get into that in a little bit. What did you like from our dogs this weekend versus Vanderbilt? I guess if I had to have uh, three takeaways from our game, um, obviously, you know, last week we talked about Vanderbilt and their big three. They're, they're running back, their wide receiver, and their tight end. Uh, we mentioned that those guys were second, uh, second team All-SEC selections, uh, and our defense, really showed up uh, with the score 30 to six. Obviously there were no touchdowns for Vandy and we held those really good players in check. And I, I really liked what I saw from uh, the defense and especially that havoc rate. Uh, we ended up having two sacks, I think for the game as well as a fumble. And it looked like, you know, we had a good bit of tackles for loss. If they weren't for loss, they were right at the line of scrimmage as well. Right. So havoc, havoc rate would be number one uh, for me. How, how are your feelings about what you saw from the defense? Well, I think we did a good job of maintaining. Anytime we're playing, you know, talented guys like that, sometimes it gets into a game of, you know, slowing them down versus stopping them. And I think we did a very good job of slowing down what they were trying to do. And Vanderbilt came out swinging early with the creative play calling. That was cool to see that we were able to stay disciplined and do our jobs and not really get caught off guard too much considering that they were – you know, really hitting us with some uh, change of tempo and some misdirection. So I like that we were tested in those areas. And, you know, if I'm like, a, you know, an opposing team studying Georgia coming up, um, you know, I wouldn't really be – I wouldn't say I saw any glaring weaknesses that I would be trying to exploit. And that's good. We didn't really give any other teams, like, the tape on us that was showing, hey, this is where we can exploit them. I thought overall our defense did a pretty good job. And, Besides a few missed tackles I saw, you know, that we, we seem to really be staying disciplined, and I didn't really see an area of concern. I saw a lot of positives, and I was overall pretty impressed with the defense. 
Yes, definitely. I, I feel the same way. Uh, now, number two, uh, this one I expected, but it's always good to actually see it go down versus just expecting it. Our offensive line, uh, I, I, for me, I think that the conversation is pretty much over. We have the best offensive line uh, in the country, uh, and that along with our depth, which we'll get into uh, since we're dealing with some injuries. But we rushed for 300-plus yards. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, we got to see DeAndre Swift. Uh, run really well. I wish he would have broke one of those big runs off for a touchdown, but nonetheless, he rushed for, I think it was a, a buck 50. Uh, we saw uh, James Cook rush for a touchdown off a little sweep. We saw Brian Herrion doing his thing in between the tackles. And finally, Absolutely. we got to see a healthy Zamir White run behind the offensive line, and that's where it starts. And, and that's where I think we're going to finish a lot of things. Yeah, I was impressed with all of those things. And I found that our offensive line you know, not only did we just dominate, and that's kind of like a cliche way of putting how we examine, you know, who dominates the trenches. I mean, it's true. But what I saw that I was most impressed with the offensive line was the footwork and the athleticism. I saw guys hitting blocks five yards down the field. I mean, anytime you can just get in front of a guy, we both know from playing football, sometimes you don't have to pancake guys to slow the, you know, pace of the game and give your runner a chance. But at the same time, I saw guys, getting into and laying guys out five, ten yards down the field. <laughs> and that yeah. was that really just excited me. And I was just – I mean, I, that was the one thing re-watching the game. I was like, ooh, like it was just some nasty line play that I really haven't seen from Georgia. Honestly, that means teams, period, at the They're college. mean, boy. They're bullies up front. They're yeah, bullies. Especially absolutely. that K-State. Cade Mays, excuse me, that kid, <laughs> that kid is a monster. He's got that mean streak. I, I love it. He's going to have to be big for us now, um, you know, with some of the the injuries that we ha- we sustained on the offensive line. You know, Isaiah Wilson, our right tackle, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn guy, a, a mammoth, a mammoth of a man. Uh, but, you know, I have, you know, no doubt that Cade Mays is going to step right in and, you know, provide that mean streak for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw, I read actually that he's, Dealing with sickness right now, so I think he might be questionable. I think it's game time decision, even though he's supposed to be stepping in. So that's something just for the viewers to monitor. And you know, I'll just stay in tune with that because I think that we really have like some unparalleled depth. And yeah, K Mays is a bully. He comes in country strong, you know, nose to the dirt kind of personality. Yeah, sure. You know, and I, I really, you know, both of us being up from the North like Georgia area, we can kind of like respect that style of play and uh, what he kind of brings to the table for us. And as far as like Zamir White goes, I just want to note that what a great story to finally see him. You know, he didn't bust for 300 yards or any, you know, anything too crazy. We saw some flashes of like his potential and he really is going to, you know, the future is bright at the running back position. That's kind of been the story for us for a while. And I'm, I'm uh, excited to see how he fits in in the, uh, the, the lineage of great backs at UGA. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. Uh, and then, uh, you know, number three of uh, the things that I liked, uh, I know all, all season it was guys falling, guys falling. Georgia lost all this depth at wide receiver to the NFL draft. Georgia lost right. uh, Jeremiah Holloman. What are they going to do? They, they're they not going to be able to function. They don't have any wide receivers. And lo and behold, guess what we have found on our depth chart? Wide receivers, wide receivers that are capable of blocking on the perimeter like Kirby likes. And then Demetrius Robinson, I mean, people know he hadn't showed it at Georgia yet, 
but people forget this kid was a freshman at Cal and dominated, especially with the deep ball. I think he is our, uh, or has the potential to be our number one uh, wide receiver. I know he can play some slot, but he can stretch the field. The kid is fast, and you know he got to open up the season with his first Georgia uh, reception. I think the first reception was the touchdown catch. If I'm if I'm wrong, then he just had his first career touchdown catch at Georgia, and which is fine. Right, and I think you're right, and I I believe you know we gave we uh, included him in a couple of these stretch reversal plays, which I like that we do with him. And that's kind of all we saw from him last year, and yeah. we you know so it's a nice change of pace to see him actually catch the ball. I know that's why he's there, and overall, yeah, like guys like Matt Landers, I know uh, we can expect Dominic Blaylock to get a little bit more playing time this week. Of course, you got the the freshman. Sensation, Mr. George Pickens. I thought he got targeted a couple of times. I expect him to, you know, kind of break out this week. But yeah, overall, the wide receiver position oh, completely impressed me. Tyler Simmons hustled, and I think we what, we had six players with two catches apiece, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Lawrence Cager got out there as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, we have the ability to spread the ball, and anytime you got your receivers doing their job, and you got an experienced quarterback like um with said Drew Brees. There you go. But uh Jake Fromm. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, I feel you on that. I get mixed up all the time. Exactly. I mean he kinda like can channel that. He's he's starting to really elevate his game in terms of like what he can do at the line of scrimmage. And I know for someone like he's a great you know he's got a great arm, he's got a great mind, but I think that's where we're gonna really start to see the evolvement and the evolution of Jake Fromm is that's what I think will really separate him apart as an elite player because I don't think he, you know, he doesn't necessarily have, he's athletic, but he doesn't necessarily have the feet, you know, the feet or the, you know, the Matt Stafford of an arm. All those, all those things are, you know, highly positive and he's a great quarterback. I think what really is going to set him apart is his ability to manage the game and his leadership-like qualities. Even as a freshman, that's really what set him apart from some of these other guys that maybe you could argue had more raw talent. You know, I think his demeanor and his leadership abilities is really what makes Jake Fromm such a special player. And I was really impressed with his ability to stay cool and, you know, keep focused. You know, there's a couple times he made mistakes, a couple times the line, um, you know, like lost side of protection, which is, I think, something that we're going to have to work on. Um, moving down the field, just, you know, Kirby kind of noted on that in the presser in the week, just over that we had those things in place. Um Maybe I would just like to say, too, you know, I think right now, you know, we saw the second half, the offense kind of slowed down. That would be like the one thing I kind of note upon is like a room for improvement. And keep in mind, Dog Nation, that it is very young in the season, and that is a great problem to have. I think really we just are going to have like the kinks worked out a little bit and a little bit of this rust knocked off. And as soon as we get to a Notre Dame, you know, I think we'll be firing at all cylinders. So that's my. I, I could not agree more. Uh, some of the some of the things I wanted to see improvement on. Uh, I was having a conversation with some other people, with some other dog fans, and um, the number one thing that I wanted to see um, us do better that we did not. Uh, we so our one of our touchdowns was at the goal line after we threw a pass uh, that went for uh, into the end zone. There was a pass interference call, so we had our goal line offense, and you know we had multiple situations last year where we could not convert, uh, you know, a third and one, a fourth and one, or inches, or whatever the case, and that really is that short yardage conversion situation. So while we did score when we got a pass interference in the red zone, 
Uh, they went to what looked like an eye formation, had the tight end kind of uh, blocking on the left side. I believe it was Brian Herring who converted that touchdown. But there was another run. I think this one was a fourth and one or two that we went for, and we just got stuck. Now, we ha- again, we had issues with that last year. I'm really hoping that we're going to have some improvement in that area because a game is going to come down to that scenario. Um, so we definitely need to work on that. And then other than that, with it being the first game, penalties are expected. We had 10 of them, uh, and uh, a few of them cost us some big plays, uh, some good, uh, you know, third third and, you know, middle type of situations versus third and long. Uh, and right. then on those thirds, we did not convert very well at all. Now, this one gives me a little bit less concern because Jake Fromm, ever since he's been a freshman, this guy's just had a knack for converting third downs. So I think we'll be good in that area. But also with Coley, I wanted to see a little bit more of a vertical passing game versus, you know, sideline to sideline. Like, there's nothing wrong with mixing it up and keeping the defense off balance. But, you know, kind of, you know, when you grow up playing football, if you play, you know, any of the skill positions, running back and wide receiver specifically, coaches or good coaches will tell you, don't, don't dance around too much east to west. That just gives times for good defenses to run up on. Get north and south. Make your play, yeah. make your move, and then get north and south. And I don't know if Coley was just, you know, keeping the playbook kind of on the low Whoa. or whatever, but I saw a lot of horizontal type, you know, screens here, jet sweeps. Those are good. But I need to see more vertical attack. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, too, one, you know, I do remember one instance, and I think, you'll probably recall as well when Jake Fromm hit a beautiful pass over his like a right corner, like over the right shoulder of, uh, I don't know who caught, who caught the ball. But anyway, it was a, it was a pure fit yard pass. That was without any uh, yards after catch. Beautiful bomb down the field. I mean, just one of his better passes period. And they got called back because of the penalty. So, yeah. I think that was Demetrius Robinson who caught it like over the safety. And then again, the penalties, mind you, that took away from one of our plays. So it's not that he didn't do it. I want to see more of that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's a combination absolutely. of those. Right. And I think, you know, get not put, putting us in a, a situation where it's second and short and we can kind of take some chances downfield is going to enable us to do that. And I think that's just something they'll focus in on this week. Coming up to Murray State, which is, by all intents and purposes, a – Cupcake of the game, but not so fast because it would be a shame to let it slip at home versus a team that you should beat. You know what I'm saying, Sheeta? Now, listen, you know, we all know that there's no way in hell that an <laughs> SEC team right. would ever lose no. to a lower-tier program. Of course but, And especially at home. God I mean, did at home. <laughs> First of all, you know – the chances of that are astronomical. It never happens. And uh, I honestly couldn't think of any time in recent history, let alone this season, that that never happened. I mean, really. I mean, what are the odds that a team that couldn't really even be on the field with you would come in and beat you? I mean, that's like getting beat up by your little brother while he's still a toddler or something. Listen, the point is for that team to come in and take a paycheck and take an L. You don't pay them to come in and whoop your ass. <laughs> that's not, that's not, I don't think that's how the contracts are, you know, what it, what it states, uh, directly. But, uh, but listen, dude, I was at the lake with one of my, one of my, one of my buddies and he's a, 
he's a lifelong Tennessee fan, and uh, God, God bless his soul. Like, we were just letting him, letting him have it. You know, we were like, you know, I think uh, Georgia State's a dark horse for the for the college football playoff this year. <laughs> Listen, offense, defense, and special teams. That that team can play. <laughs> that team can play. But no, like in all seriousness, like people really, you know, you want to take, you know, lower to a program and just write them off. Like, oh, that's a W. And normally you should, but you've got to come to play. Absolutely. They're not, you know, a lot of these teams, they're not just going to, you know, come in and just let you dominate them. A lot of these kids have a chip on their shoulder. They feel like they should have been recruited by a higher program. Sometimes it's academic. Sometimes it's location or family situation. You, you don't know. And, you know, Georgia State beat Tennessee pretty handily, and we cannot let, um, you know, Murray State come in and use that blueprint to come in and really even make it a close game because that's going to make us look bad. But God forbid, we, oh, I feel bad for Tennessee, but, you know, we turn our attention to the racers and, you know, we need to pay attention. Amen. Yeah, I think that all those stars that are attached to the recruiting names and titles and rankings across the nation all go out the window when you step out in the field. And sure, there's some, you know, obviously some challenges when you're playing a team that has better athletes, quote unquote. But, you know, the Patriots model is an extreme example of what can happen when you're a well-coached, fundamentally team, and you have a couple of really skilled you know, players at the right position. So it's not to be overlooked. I think Murray State is an excellent chance for Georgia to continue to build on good fundamental habits moving forward in the season because all, it, all, it all matters. You know, if you take a week off, you're really just cheating yourself of what you can gain as a player, what you can gain as a coach, momentum-wise as a program. So, you know, obviously it's not as sexy of a game, but dog fans, there's a lot to look forward to this week. Between the hedges, we got a, uh, a four o'clock kickoff. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. And you know, not only um, you know is it going to be a game that people are kind of riding off just kind of naturally, but we do have the uh, Vince Dooley, um, the the whole field thing going on with him, and you know, yeah, what he, a cool moment. Yeah, which is going to be a great moment. So it'll be officially Vince Dooley Field at uh, Sanford Stadium. So that'll be great. Um, and that'll take away a little bit from the game. But, again, you know, I want to give Murray State their due. Uh, you know, this team's actually coming in from southwest Kentucky. I don't think a lot of people know much about the school, let alone their football program. But for those who do pay attention, you may be familiar with um, uh, one of their basketball players, uh, John Moran. He was actually one of the oh, – wow. I think I think the best player uh, in the um, – you know, the tournament last year, as far as the NCAA goes, he was actually drafted number two overall uh, as a point guard. I, this this kid is something special. He, he's athletic. He's he's quick. This kid can ball. Fortunately, he doesn't play for uh, their football team this week. Um, but, you know, the head coach as well, he has ties with uh, Kirby going back to their days from Valdosta. He credits Kirby from giving him that start, going back to at Valdosta State, and uh, you know now he's with Murray State. But he he understands he understands football. Um, you know the same way Kirby does. Those guys are kind of cut from the same cloth. So he'll have some familiarities, and at least you know bring these guys out to play. He's already been on record saying you know when when we, the game is over and I have to go over there and shake Kirby's hand, Kirby. You know, I want Kirby to know that my kids played hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to be out there for 60 minutes regardless of how it goes, uh, and we're going to play ball. And I actually watched their 
uh, first week game. Now, it was another FCS opponent, so I don't put too much stock into it. But this offense is actually a really creative and a really explosive offense. Um, they beat, uh, I think it was Pikeville, the team was. So I've never heard of them. But they scored 59 points uh, on this team. And, you know, some of the plays that were on the highlights, you know, they had a kickoff return. Uh, they had a wide receiver screen. Their running back uh, had this huge run where he hurdled over a linebacker. I uh, saw a, two additional passing touchdowns, and they had uh, a good touchdown off the option read. So they do a lot of things, and they do a lot of things well. Do I expect that to translate on an SEC field at that type of production? Not at all. But big plays are big plays, so you just got to be aware. So let's, let's not sleep on this team. Let's just go out there and dominate it. Absolutely, man. And I was just thinking, you know, what a blessing it is that we have a couple of games in a row that aren't as serious, at least in terms of what we expect challenge-wise. Of course, we got to go out there with our hats on, facing forward. But we have a couple of little injuries. we got Curious Jackson out for a few weeks, um, maybe they said two to four weeks. We have, um, like as you were saying, our big tackle, Isaiah Wilson, is going to be out for a couple of weeks. So it gives really an opportunity for some of our starters to rest and it's just a blessing. Uh, I know we didn't plan on that starting off, but to be able to do that and hopefully have a full squad coming in against that Notre Dame game would is huge for us. Um, I know, I think I read where the, the racers from Kentucky and Murray State racers, they're getting $555,000. So, you know, they're getting paid pretty well. So hopefully we can uh, make it worth their while with a nice little arse whooping. So... Dude, honestly, they're just lucky we don't have you, – you remember that video with the relay and the coaches and uh, Matt Bowling came in and ran that last leg. These racers are lucky that Matt Bowling isn't in this one. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be done. And like my good and like my good buddy says, uh, and Otaladega, man, you know, if you, ain't, if you ain't first, you're last. So this race, I expect us to win this race, uh, whether it's by a little margin or a large margin. Uh, I, I think we'll get it done. But um, – yeah. You know, that's what that's what we can expect. And, you know, kind of going, uh, I don't want to overlook the team, but I do want to start looking a little bit forward to some of the other teams that we are going to play. Now, keep in mind that the old the old saying is that football teams get better or grow the most usually from week one to week two. And, you know, most of us have seen or have been talking about Georgia Tech, Florida, Missouri, South Carolina, Notre Dame. Georgia Tech obviously was outmatched by Clemson. Florida, I mean, they barely got away from Miami. Uh, Missouri lost. South Carolina lost to North Carolina. And Notre Dame didn't impress me. Uh, and I, I agree with some of these, you know, people on TV. I think they should be banned from the college football playoff for, like, at least five to ten years because they get embarrassed <laughs> at the end of the year regardless. But it's it's looking right now, right now, like our schedule is shaping up to – you know, be another great season. But, again, expect all of these teams, uh, if not at least half of them, to really start taking a step forward. Um, and then, you know, some of the big games we have this week, Clemson versus A&M and Texas versus LSU. Tell me what you kind of got, what you're thinking about those games and uh, any other games that you may be thinking of maybe big for this weekend as far as the playoff goes. Right. And uh, so I would just say geographically speaking, being up here in South Carolina, I think that Clemson did not, you know, expect um, A&M to really test them so hard last season. I mean, it ended up being a shootout. They kind of let an early lead slip away from them. Uh, 
Kellen Mond came out and kind of proved himself to be one of the nation's elite up-and-coming quarterbacks. I would expect him to have a big game. I expect Texas Texas A&M to really challenge Clemson. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to be upset. I'm going to. Upset alert. (laughs) Yeah, I I do think they're on upset alert. I don't necessarily know if that means they're going to be upset. But um, I think overall Clemson is just head and shoulders a better team. But, yeah, you know, they're coming off the national title. Texas a and has a lot to prove. They have the players and the coaches to make it happen. So we're, we should see actually Clemson's best game of the season as far as, like, the rigor of team that they're facing. So look for an exciting game, and I'm I'm really uh, looking forward to watching that one. They're going to need it, man. They're going to need it. It's, you know, with Jimbo Fisher over there at Texas A&M, I know it's a home game for Clemson, and I expect them to take that week one to week two jump. Uh, but, you know, they lost, what, three, four first-round defensive linemen. And, you know, last year, Clemson may not have been expecting it, but Kellen Mond balled on them in a loss with those starters. I think he'll have a little bit easier time this year, and Trevor's really going to have to take – you know, uh, definitely a tick up, and I expect him to. But can his defense, you know, help him out? Because this one's going to be a bit of a shootout, um, you know, if you're going to ask me for a prediction there. So I'm going to go ahead and call this one an upset alert just to start um, early. But I expect Clemson to finish out the ACC, run the table, and be in that playoff spot. But I think this is the best chance for uh, an upset, so I'm going to call it. Um, and then we have Texas and LSU, two teams that we lost to last year. Any thoughts on – what may be going over there? Yeah, as far as Texas LSU, I really expect LSU to come out on top of this. They really, I think, have a better overall team. But, you know, Texas is in the national conversation for a playoff, you know, as far as being a playoff contender. So I really, I expect, you know, LSU to win. But do not be surprised if Texas is right there nipping at their heels. I mean, I feel like both these games are kind of set up the same way. Um, but I do expect LSU to come out on top. And I really, you know, it's a shame John Henry did not come here because, you know, he is really killing it. And he's got some explosive first steps. So he's quite an exciting player to, to play and, or, I mean, to watch and uh, probably not so much to play against. So I, I expect LSU to come out on top given the circumstances. Okay. Yeah, good. Uh, that was a little bit more of a toss-up for me. I think these teams are very, very similar. Uh, overall, good defenses. Uh, and then quarterbacks, um, you know, who have the scramble ability. Uh, Sam Ellinger, much more Tebow-ish with his more bruising running style. But uh, over there, LSU, I think they finally figured out what um, uh, an offense is supposed to look like for, you know, as opposed to what they've been doing for the last however many decades. It's like they're finally learning to spread it out and to attack people in space versus right. just eye formation ram it down your throat you can do both of those things they're not mutually exclusive and i think they're finally figuring that out going with the rest of their defense i expect that one to be uh one of the better games of the year i really do not know who's gonna come out on top so i'll just give that one to the home team and i think i think that one is in texas maybe i think you're right here look i'll tell you maybe uh if not uh whatever but just give that give that one to the home team and uh if the away team takes that one, I'd be surprised. So um, we got some good football, good football coming this weekend, college and then NFL. I know we got some fantasy fans out there. Uh, you know, leagues are done. Everybody's trying to figure out who's going to play and who's not. So football season is in full effect. And these trees are already starting to, 
change a little color. And you know, in North Georgia, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Absolutely, man. Well, cool. Guess we are heading into week two, another week of off the leash. Thank you guys for tuning in and hopefully we brought the good substance and a little bit of color for you guys to keep it enjoyable. All feedback is always appreciated. Like, subscribe, share, you know the drill and we will be back next week. Dog Nation, we always appreciate you. You guys have a good time going to uh, those going to Athens and, you know, let's take care of business and creep steadily forward to Notre Dame. And uh, as always, you guys know what this is. Dogs off the leash. Off the leash. Woo.